Welcome to Stripped Money Conversations. Welcome to a place where anybody can learn or talk about money. Whether you're young or whether you're old. Whether you're married to the love of your life or even if you're married to your career. Whether you have kids, are planning to have kids or even if you're one of those people who just prefers pets. Whether you're established or just entering the working world, welcome to a place where our conversations are not based on your bank balance, no, 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 but they're based on your unique needs and ambitions. I am your host, Lungile Mashiko. Remember that this show does not provide financial advice. These are just conversations between me and my guests, but I'd like to invite you on the journey so you and I can learn together. Hello, Strip Money Conversations family. I hope you're doing well. I really struggled with deciding whether to cover this on the show. But in the end, I decided to not let my personal biases impact information that could be useful for someone. Over the past few years, sports betting has emerged from the shadows and into the mainstream. The anti-gambling stigma that existed for decades faded very quickly, especially during the early months of the pandemic. I've definitely seen more sports betting billboards and ads on all forms of media since 2020. My first interaction with this industry, I think it was in 2014, where I worked for an organization that owned a sports betting company. (laughs) I really struggled to understand it. But I did place my first bet under the guidance of somebody who really knew what they were doing. And I actually doubled my money. I didn't like the feeling in the pit of my stomach while we waited for the results though. And although I doubled my money, I haven't done it again. What I know is a lot of people are dabbling into this. I've seen such terrible stories of addiction and suicide linked to sports betting, online sports betting. But I've also seen triumphs and people getting to pay their bills and finish their tertiary school fees because of a single bet. So with millions of sports fans looking to enter the betting market for the very first time, I've brought to you someone who can help us understand it and then you can make a choice whether this is something that you want to do or not. Today I'm joined by Mbumelelo Lembede who has been in the industry for over 10 years and he'll be helping us strip down sports betting. Welcome Mbumelelo to the show. Such a pleasure to have you. Are you ready to lead us through the hazy world of sports betting? Uh, hi, Lungile. Thank you so much for hosting me. Yes, I am ready. Let's get to it. <laughs> okay, before we get anywhere, just tell us about yourself and how did you get into this industry? Okay, yeah. As you said, my name is Mpumelelo Lembede. I'm a senior consultant at Osutu Gaming. Um, I have about you know, over 10 years experience now in the iGaming industry uh, in Africa. I got into iGaming um, back in 2012 uh, when I joined a betting company called VaultBet. It's now called uh, Sun International, uh, Sun International's online sports betting brand, SunBet. And um, to be honest with you, I, I just think my love for sports and digital marketing and also being at the right place at the right time is what actually got me started into the sports betting industry. 
Okay, that's quite cool. And what is sports betting? Um, I, I think to answer it as simply as possible, it's uh, betting on sporting events. And um, so, in a more technical in a technical uh, form, it's uh, betting on fixed odds or uh, probabilities. So, what typically happens is that a bookmaker or an operator would uh, create certain outcomes and results. And um, when someone bets, you bet on those outcomes and those results. So whenever you hear someone say something like uh, in a conversation, what were the chances or what are the odds? Mm -hmm. Typically, a sports betting company would have those answers. They'd usually set up the odds and the chances. And then how does it actually work? So if I want to do it, what then happens? So I choose an odd that I think will be the outcome and then bet a certain amount on it? Yeah. So um, I, th I think if I probably simplified even a bit more, if you were to picture a coin toss, a coin toss is 50-50, right? You can mm -hmm. either land on uh, heads or tails. So the probability of that is 50-50 uh, and the percentage of that. However, in sports betting, we use uh, fractions, the odds. So okay. that will be one-to-one. -one. Um, so that's in the simplest form. But obviously in sports, there's more um, technical terms that go into it. So in uh, a sporting event, it will never be 50-50 because you know one team might be dominant over the other. There might be things like the weather, there might be the venue that they're playing, team has injuries. So it starts off at 50-50, but based on the, uh, the odds of each team mm. winning or drawing, they then add, um, and also the, the bookmaker will also add a margin in order for them to make profits from that and also protect their own risk within the book. So you look at those opportunities. So if team A is stronger than team B, the odds of team B winning will be higher. So if you place a rand on that amount, you'll get more of a uh, outcome versus you placing it on team A, which is stronger. So depending on where you like to bet, you can bet online, place a bet. Obviously, you'll need some money. And if your bet wins, you get a payout. Okay, so what then would be the difference between this and making a bet with a friend? So obviously, let's say Kaiser Chiefs is playing Orlando Pirates, which is the, the popular game in South Africa and probably gets a lot of um, bets in the real world yeah, as well. Yes, so what is the difference between, yes, okay, me and my friend saying, I bet Pirates is going to win, I bet you 50 Rand, versus your world where I do it online? Well... From my experience, I don't know about your friends. Usually when I bet with my friends, I don't get my money back. So I think the first thing <laughs> that you probably do get is a payout. Okay. The bookmakers, um, you know, they, they, these people are licensed. They're operating within uh, gambling boards. So it's a safe environment. So you usually get your money back. But again, the, the, the main difference is the odds. So mm. you mentioned Chiefs and Pirates are playing. And um, you say to me, Bumelelo, I bet you 50 bucks that... Uh, Pirates are going to win as an example. Mm. Fine, that, that's fair. I can take that bet. And if Pirates wins, you'll give me my 50 bucks and I've made 50 bucks. However, if I go to a bookmaker, as an example, if I put down that 50 rand, instead of winning a 50 rand, based on the odds, I could win 150 rand or 100, 
80 rand, just depending on the odds. So the, the, the two main things is the odds that you get out of it. Mm. And um, like I said, payouts is usually guaranteed because my friends usually don't pay me back. Okay. And then it's the bookmaker that um, determines yes. the odds. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's correct. So uh, bookmaker is an old term. Um, right now they're called operators. Okay. But uh, bookmakers, uh, they call that just because they used to keep a ledger of bets. So mm. they used to you come in, I would like to place a bet on the specific outcome, put your name down, the, they give you the odds and the amounts, and then that's how the whole bookmaker thing came out. But right now they're called operators. They're the ones who come up with the odds. Um, it's a more sophisticated and technical uh, aspect to it, but yes, uh, the answer to the question is yes. Okay, cool. So now explain to me what's the thrill here. And I think it's because probably since 2020, we've seen a lot more sports betting companies come to the fore. Um, you mentioned when you yes. worked for Vault Better, that's where I met you. And at that point, I didn't know yes. a lot of people that were um, dabbling into this, especially black people. And suddenly yes, yes. 2020 happened and then it was a pandemic and a lot more people, or just slightly before then, and a lot more people are starting to get involved. But I just, I, I personally don't understand what the thrill is, but maybe because you've been doing this for 10 years, what gets people into sports betting and what is so exciting about it? Yeah, mm. uh, you're 100% correct. So even from my time, um, I remember when we started out, as you said, at Volpet, we were a purely online company. And, um, you know, back then you didn't have uh, things like uh, vouchers where you can deposit online. Uh, you didn't have easy access to like Ozo and all of these uh, payment gateways. Typically how you would make a transaction online was through a credit card and the debit card or a bank EFT. And um, that comes with a lot of its own problems. Whereas now, you know, you've got vouchers where you basically can go to a spa, you buy a voucher, um, you load it with 50 bucks as an example, you get a serial number, you punch that serial number in the uh, betting site and your account is um, credited with that amount. So you don't even need to have a bank to be able or a card or anything like that to deposit online. That's been a massive um, benefit to a lot of people. Uh, those that aren't you know, comfortable with using online transactions or on bank. Um, the other thing also has been the mobile phone. I think more and more people have smartphones now mm. and um you know a lot of people are now using them as internet so use them for social media use them for instant messaging and you also use them for entertainment which is typically placing bets so I, I think that's where we saw the rise and i think during the pandemic um a lot more people had free time on their hands yeah. um you know as you said there was a point where sports stopped uh for a bit and um uh, it then came back. So a lot of people were sitting at home. Um, some of them had a bit more extra cash because um, you know, they weren't spending it on uh, transports, clothes, all of those things that we usually spend our money on when we're sitting at home. So more people had a bit more cash and they were spending it on sports betting. The other side of it is that some more people also were spending it to make an income because some of them might not have the 
day-to-day um, income just based on you know the pandemic things were closed people weren't working as much so they try to find it as a way an easy way for them to make some extra money okay which um is not always a good idea but just to come back to your question about the thrill um the the, the thrill for me and i think from a lot of people it, it comes in two forms one is actually winning because winning means that you get money and mm. there, there, there's a saying that um there's nothing sweeter than money won compared to money earned. So whenever you get that, it's great gratification, satisfaction whenever you get money that you've won. Secondly, it's also beating the odds. Um, bookmakers or operators set odds. So, and it's sort of like a challenge for people to say, hey, these are the odds. Can you beat them? And yeah. place a bit with the confidence that you can. And once you beat that, it's also quite uh, nice knowing that I'm smarter than the bookmaker or you know I've been able to make the money compared to beating your friends yes your friends is cool it's fun but the bookmaker just has that uh, extra added uh, benefits if you win it that way okay I suppose um, <laughs> we were talking about this before we started recording and I found your answer so interesting tell us what happened during the pandemic yeah. when there was no sports happening what were people betting on <laughs> <laughs> sure it, so it, it was possibly one of the worst um, moments for me in my career. I, I literally, like in my, my job, I look at the numbers quite a lot and analyze data, which you have to do when you do digital marketing, especially, but also just looking at the book so you're able to make your next move. Yeah. And as more and more sports shut down, I, mean, I remember the weeks leading up to the total shutdown um you would have fixtures for the whole week you'd have your marketing campaign around it your social media contents everything around what's about to happen and um obviously you would schedule that to go out at certain times and uh, every day you'd wake up and find that fixture this fixture has been cancelled this fixture has been cancelled and you had to start like you know slowly um, removing some of the posts that you've already scheduled Mm. then start looking at alternatives so if the big european leagues and i'm just use soccer as an example as the popular sport like england or italy and spain those are shutting down but you still need to promote something you start then looking at you know turkish leagues you start looking at chinese leagues combo uh, uh, leagues in uh, taiwan all of these places where you're trying to find some content that you can use to advertise uh, your brand so Eventually, everything stops, and now there's no sports betting at all, and mm. uh, reaching a very difficult time. And uh, one company um, which came about was um, Golden Race. They provide virtual sports betting. And um, what virtual sports betting is, is exactly the same as you would, again, I'll just use soccer as an example. If you were to bet on um, Liverpool versus Manchester United, but picture this being done on computer-generated uh, fixtures where you're literally watching a game that's animated but shrunk down to five minutes. So these game play in two-minute intervals and each 90 minutes is shrunk down to five minutes. Exactly the same odds that you would get for a soccer game, exactly the same players, the same build-up that you would we normally have, just that now it's taking place every two minutes and an entire season could happen in one day, basically. So Team A could win a whole season of 38 games in one day. And more and more people started betting on that. Virtual sports was literally around before then, but became one of the biggest uh, 
betting for our betting markets because of the pandemic. And one of the webinars that I was listening to with the uh, the owner of Golden Race, he was telling us that initially before the pandemic, they were making about a uh, million dollars in revenue a month um, during the pandemic and uh, deep into the pandemic when the sports were cancelled, they times that by 80, they were making about 80 million dollars in revenue a month increase increase their customer base by 500 this is worldwide like they were getting calls from people in countries they never heard of themselves and they wanted their products because everyone needed something to bet on um so the majority of the sport so when there were no sports majority of people were betting on uh, virtual sports which is great i have bet on it myself it's quite entertaining um not as good as the real thing but mm-hmm. uh, it is fun okay um, you've talked to us about the thrill of it all, like why people get into it and the, the feeling of winning and beating the, the bookmaker. But what are some of the mistakes that people make here? I'm sure there are many. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, and so this is something that I preach quite a lot and it's something that I've always included in um, most of my marketing campaigns relating to uh, uh, sports betting. The biggest mistake, or I'd say the risk that comes into sports betting is mm. um, addiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, sports betting is still gambling at the end of the day, regardless of how you like to look at it. And it should always be practiced responsibly. So basically, don't bet more than what you can afford. Um, and, you know, I, I have a group of friends and we have a group, a WhatsApp group, where we share tips, we speak about it all the time. And you know, the one thing that I want to say is, guys, it's just entertainment. Don't, don't ever see it as a means of an income or mm. a, a means of, you know, trying to live off this. Never do that. And um, the, the biggest mistake, again, because of that whole gambling element to it, is that when you lose, you then try and cover that. So if you lose one, you're going to bet two so that you can cover your loss and the yeah. current win. So my, my advice, you know, to everyone is that always take a break. Whenever you feel like you're losing quite a lot in a short space of time, just take a break. Take a week off, you know, forget about it. Maybe not even watch sports because sometimes that could be a trigger. It's just a take trigger. a week, relax. Yeah. yeah, you know, spend time with your family, go out, take a walk. And then after like two, three weeks, if you still feel like, okay, you're feeling better again, then you can go back. And, um, you know, all is being responsibility. I think those are some of the biggest mistakes uh, I've noticed. Um, but what's quite good is that locally, um, most of the bookmakers take that very seriously. And mm-hmm. a lot of their messages encourage uh, responsible betting. Yeah. And, and I suppose because you are the industry, because you market the, the, um, the offering. I mean, most of the time, yeah. the advertising focuses on how people can make money here. And, and you've, you've said it well to Great. say, similar to just um, in some other investment types, don't put in more money than you can afford to lose. Um, what, can I lose more money than what I've put in? You talked to us earlier about with with online betting, you can put in 50 yuan and get 150 yuan out, you know, um, in comparison to when you yeah. were doing a bet with a friend. So can I lose a yes. lot of, more than what I've put in? So that's the best part about sports betting. No, you cannot. There, there's no negatives. Um, you, you can't bet on credits. You can't bet it. 
it's illegal in South Africa to bet on credits. So if you deposit a hundred rand, the most you can lose, well, yeah, the, the most you can lose is a hundred rand. You okay. win and add onto that hundred rand, but you'll never lose more than your initial investment. Okay. I'm not sure if investment's the right word. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> you, 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 you both are finance, then my mind started shifting, but your initial deposit, but investment. <laughs> okay, cool. And you've talked about some of the precautions and one can, can make before getting into sports betting. But knowing the fact that it's addictive, how, ca- how else can you safeguard yourself? Like, uh, what kind of restrictions are in the platform that I'm investing in that can help me sort of manage myself? If, are there anything, is there yeah. anything like that within the, the actual platforms themselves? Yes. So um, some of the platforms are very good at this. So there's, uh, you can set limits. You can set how much money you want to um, lose, if I can put it that way, in a day. So, mm. or deposits within a day. So you never go over a budget. Uh, some of them have timeouts. So if you oh, on cool. the site for a, an X amount of time, it, it logs you out instantly. Uh, you can log back in, but at least, you know, it gives you that break to say, hey, wake up. Yeah. You know, you, you've been on here for too long. So maybe if you've been on for 10 minutes straight um, betting, it will just log you out while you're betting. And then um, you can log back in. But I always see that as a good way of just, you know, snapping out of this because you might be there for too long. Yeah. What I do quite a lot. um, Yeah, it's a nudge. Just as a reminder. What I do quite a lot and uh, I always, again, you know, tell people to do, have a look at your transaction history. If you ever wanted to uh, have a shock, I was actually listening to your previous podcast about um, tips for yeah. finance and uh, i think what one, one of the things you said is that just let, have a look at your expenses to see how much are you uh spending so that you, you know exactly maybe you could uh, eliminate subscriptions or whatever it is same thing here have a look at how much you're spending in terms of deposits um so that you can actually see you know are you spending too much and you can pull that information quite easily in your transaction history every bookmaker has it it's standard you're supposed to have have a look at that. And you can pull your deposits, your wages, your withdrawals, everything from that. And for me, that should be the, the, the wake-up call that you need if you feel that you maybe you might be overdoing it. So I, I always look at that. And that always reminds me, hey, hang on. I think you've been betting too much for this month. So um, let's stop. Okay. What are the signs that somebody might be addicted and needs some help? Yeah, so th- this is, uh, I've seen it from a few guys. Uh, I think firstly, what you tend to find is that most guys will ask for money and that's usually it. And uh, they will say things like, hey, um, can you just borrow me a hundred bucks as an example? I'll bring it back. Uh, I'll bring it back this afternoon or I'll bring it back, you know, in a day's time. Mm. And uh, that's usually the first sign. Uh, secondly is... Um, constantly constantly talking about uh placing a bit yeah. um i i, I won't say the guy's name but i have a, a very close friend of mine who um went through a bit of depression because he also lost quite a lot of money in a short space of time and um when i was speaking to him 
I didn't realize but when I was speaking to him when, when he told me what happened is that I just noticed that back then all we spoke about was betting on sports I didn't pay too much attention because it's my job you know yes. so for me it's like that's what I know anyway but then he's my friend and I was like well we're just making conversation so it's fine mm. he'll send me screenshots and like I'm placing this bet throughout the day I get like four or five screenshots I'm placing space what do you think I'm placing space what do you think yeah I lost I won you know and that that to me is also an indication that okay now this is no longer entertainment it seems like you're trying to you know reach a specific goal which you're not uh, attaining so mm -hmm. slow down and uh, I, I think it's just being able to notice those type of uh, behaviors from your friends and loved ones once a person starts requesting money quite a lot just to bet that is not this that's the first red flag you need to shut that down immediately and secondly it's the constant conversation about sports betting. i mean i work in the industry but i even i don't talk about it that much <laughs> okay um you talk about guys a lot what are the what are the stats are, is it mostly men who participate in sports betting are the women taking in on um, some of the action as well um so yeah about that <laughs> it should it, i apologize um so surprisingly there, there is a high number of women who actually do bets on sports it's actually on the increase i think how it came about and again um okay just to give you the stats uh currently in south africa majority of the bets are placed by men uh when i started i think it was about 95 percent of all sports bets were placed or online sports bets were placed by men Mm -hmm. um when it started shifting uh at the moment it's sitting at about 70 percent of sports bets are placed by men and then the other 30 by women mm -hmm. however in the retail space it's very close it's close to about 60 40 because one thing that the retail space has is uh something called lucky numbers um it's also available online quite recently recently maybe three years ago four years ago it's been available online and more and more ladies tend to bet on uh, lucky numbers it's it's basic it's betting on uh lottery results so the national lottery in south africa as an example has um two balls a week powerball and um the lottery the lotto and you can bet on the outcome as little as three numbers so if you can predict maybe 13, 20, I don't know, uh, seven as an example. Yeah. And you predict those three numbers and you put down, let's say as an example, 30 bucks. There's a chance that you could win anything between eight to 10,000 right? just from getting three okay. numbers right. And it varies. So some of it could get higher depending on the numbers that you put down, depending on the amount you put down. So that was one of the uh, sports that we saw, sorry, not sports, but um formats that a lot of ladies tend to bet on compared to sports so we're starting to see more and more women take uh taking more sports bets what i noticed though during the pandemic again i keep referring to the pandemic because there was a big seismic shift in mm. online sports betting is that more ladies started realizing that hey there's an opportunity here because more people are posting these wins yes I mean, yeah like in sports so you keep seeing on their timelines people just posting wins and wins and wins and um, I think more ladies who might not have been interested in sports, just based on the fact that, um, you know, they don't follow soccer, rugby, whatever it is, but would be willing 
to follow someone who tells them, well, this team will win, this team will win, this team will win. Bets on that. And then we started seeing more women betting on sports, having probably don't even follow the sports, but it's just the means of them to make a bit of extra income as well. So there, there, there is a, a shift. Uh, I am seeing more and more people, uh, especially ladies, getting involved in this. Whether or not they are avid uh, sports followers, that, that I cannot tell you. Okay. And okay, so we've talked about instances of depression and all of that. Tell us about an instance yeah. where someone made a lot of money from a bet. Like, I'm sure you've seen um, in your industry. Yeah, I have. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one of my probably favorite stories ever. Um, and it's about a guy. Uh, it's probably one of the previous bookmakers that I work for. It's a guy who worked. Um, he lived with his family, uh, his sister and mother. I think it was out in Malang. And he was just students. He just started working with students, just working part-time. He was trying to support his family. And uh, he had been betting not that long, but um, maybe about four or five months. And he had just started out. Again, it's this whole thing of seeing people betting um, online. You're seeing it in your timeline, in your social media feeds, and everyone's just winning. So he tried it out. Obviously, he started losing, winning, losing small amounts. He put down a 150 rand bet and um, I know it probably sounds like um, one of those national lottery stories where someone put down their <laughs> last money, but it was, it, that's what he said as it was his last 150 rand. And he was like, I just want to try my luck. He picked 20 soccer outcomes. And like I saw that um, bet slip that he had placed. It is some of the craziest results I've ever seen that he selected. Mm. And uh, from that 150 rand, the guy won. 2 million rand, ah. which was um, for him a life-changing experience. And, you know, it, it, it was one of the coolest things ever because typically uh, people tend to shy away and they don't allow us to show their faces or anything like that. But that yeah. guy was willing. He was like, yeah, sure, guys, come through. <laughs> you know, come through, take my okay. pictures and everything like that. And that's how we found out about his family and everything like that. So not sure who he is now, but it is just great. So it was one of the greatest wins I think um, I had ever seen. There are bigger wins, just that that one stuck out for me because of the whole background around us. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And on that note, is it is it skill or is it just luck when you partake in this? <laughs> um, just, so, uh, I have to be very careful how I answer this question but um, if I also maybe use um, some legal term around it um, so in most countries when you apply for a gambling license sports betting is actually referred to differently compared to casino and lottery and um, sports betting is actually referred to as a game of skill, whereas casino and lottery are classified as a game of chance slash luck. So based on that, <laughs> I would say you probably need... <laughs> so based on that, I'd say it's a game of skill. But you, you, you need a bit of both in, in, in sports betting. You need to have a bit of skill because you need to understand. As I said, you need to know which teams are playing, which teams are dominant. Are the players available? Where they play? How do they perform? Are they informed? What's happened in the last five, six games? Do they score versus this team? Usually, what's the history amongst that? So that takes a bit of skill for you to know. Mm. You can find that information out. 
And then luck usually comes with it that, you know, even the greatest teams, I mean, one of the biggest upsets I've seen was the Rugby World Cup when South Africa played Japan. And Japan beat South Africa in mm. the Rugby World Cup. And, you know, no amount of skill can predict that. So obviously you always need a bit of luck also to be on your side. So I'll say a bit of both. Okay. And on the contrary to the different story, to the other story where you told us about the, the, the gentleman who made two million, tell us about somebody who's made a huge loss. There, there's two types of losses when you say huge. There, there's the stake. Stake is the amount of money that you bet. Mm-hmm. And um, that could be huge. So if I bet 50 bucks and compared to you betting 50,000, yeah. So the, the loss, the outcome, there's also the outcome. So if I bet 50 bucks to win 10,000, you bet 50,000 to win 10,000. It depends on the, on the outcome. But let me tell you a, a good story about a loss um, that I experienced. Well, I didn't personally experience it, but a very close friend of mine who used to work in a retail store told me about. Um, this was about maybe five years ago. And... Um, there's a guy who was quite popular in one of the retail shops. So if you've never been to a sports betting shop, some of them are very nice. I mean, they have really? restaurants, they have, uh, some of them have uh, bars, sofas, touch, uh, touch pads everywhere. That's big, it. Uh, big screen TVs. Perfect. Like you go there and spend a day, watch. Gamble you drive time, by those relax, places and, and they look as dodge as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably some, why some ladies them, are not doing it. The, <laughs> That's also true. Some of them are not the most favorite places to be, but I, I just think it's also based on uh, location. So, you know, you want to get it where there's high foot traffic as possible. Uh, so places like taxi ranks, yes. uh, malls, and those places tend to be most popular because, and uh, CBD, because there's a high number of people uh, walking up and down and you can catch them on the streets as they come past. So some of them are like that, but also you have uh, different areas uh, where you have a sports book, which are much nicer. Um, just use Sunbeds as an example, all of these sports books are in the casinos, all the casinos, Sun International casinos, those look amazing. Um, Hollywood Bets has a few in very nice areas as well. I mean, in Durban, Hollywood Beth was, has, is rated to have the best bunny child in Durban, which is one of the weirdest things ever, that a sports book has the best bunny child. But they have a restaurant where, uh, yeah, they won an award for the best bunny child. In Durban. But they have a restaurant in there uh, where you sit, eat, and also watch sports and bet. Just a, a way of keeping okay. people in the shops a bit longer. Okay. But anyway, um, so in one of the stores, um, gentleman was telling me about, um, there's a guy who bets quite a lot and it's quite popular amongst them. And um, he had a 10 uh, selections um, and he had put down, I think about 50 bucks. And out of all these selections, he was about to win 1.1 million rand. That was his total amount. Mm-hmm. And his... Uh, Tickets had started a day before or two days before. And he came in to the shops specifically to show everyone his ticket that he's about to walk away 1.1 million rand. And the last game on his tickets that was going to complete the win was a Barcelona. And that was the easiest team in the entire nine selections. 
So um, my friend, he, he was the regional manager at the time. He tells the office that there's a guy here. He's about to win 1.1 million rand. Um, is there anything we can offer him before the fixture starts? So typically what um, sports books do, which is quite popular online, is that they mitigate their risk. So if you have placed a bet to win, as an example, 10,000 rand, and the, the bet is almost done, so like it's halfway, um, the bookmaker will probably say, hey, instead of taking a risk, here's 5,000 rand. Just take the 5,000 rand and you forego the other 5,000 rand. And okay. most people, they do take that. So the bookmaker saves in inverted commas, 5,000 mm. Um, So this gentleman was offered, upon his arrival, before the fixture started, he was offered, if I remember, I think about 450,000, 600,000. And they said to him, here's 600,000. Um, That's cancel those tickets now. The guy was like, forget about it. I'm oh, confident in my bed, everything's fine. Fixture starts, game game comes in, and uh, a few few fixtures, a few minutes in, everything's going perfect for, for this guy. Barcelona scores. He starts running around, he's losing his mind, everything's perfect. My friend comes up to him again, offers him 800,000. Says, look, my company just called me down. They're like, 800,000. He can take it down. He just looked at him and said, I'm coming back to buy this place. You can forget about that. It's not going to happen. Game goes on. 90 minutes are up. Game continues. In extra time, literally the last kick of the game. I think it was Barcelona versus Getafe, a very small side. As you can imagine, Getafe scores a goal. And the ticket was a loss. And the gentleman lost 1.1 million rand. But technically, he lost 50 bucks because he only placed 50 bucks. Yes. But along the way, he was he was offered 500,000 up to 800,000, and he turned it down. And apparently, he passed out. <laughs> he oh. literally passed out straight. I would pass out as there. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's one of. Um, I mean, there's there's worse things. I mean, I've, I remember. When I was still at Bobbit, there was a guy, one of our biggest punters. He put down, I think that was the first time I realized uh, how big people can actually bet. He put down 100,000 rand to win, I think, 40,000 rand. So basically, he's spending more than what he was going to get in return. But he just, it was a short thing, a game. I think it was like a Chinese game. And he lost. He lost 100,000 rand in one bet in trying to win 40,000 rand. Okay. Yeah. That's hectic. So those are the differences. So, so the other gentleman won 50 rand. Sorry, he lost 50 rand whereas the other guy, to win a million rand, whereas the other guy lost 100,000 rand only to win 40,000 rand. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's really what I wanted to highlight with this question, to say it's really up to you how much money you put in there. And as you say, you must yeah. weigh it up against what you're willing to lose. And I'm sure the guy who lost 100,000 100%. Must have lost his mind as well for 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 a few days of at course. least. Um, of because, course, I mean, yeah. if you get, yeah, no, please continue. You know, I was just going to say that you know when you see people posting on Twitter all of their wins, what they don't show you is their yeah. losses, and I think it's really important for people to get a clear understanding of the fact that losses can happen. But it's really up to you how much of you course. lose. Yeah, look, I, I'll tell you. Because I look at the numbers and I see the stats every day. 
if you are listening right now and you are betting and you think when you see those uh, wins on or booms as they call them on the timeline, if you're seeing those and you think that's what that person's doing, it's not. It, it's you win and you lose. You win and you lose. But people will never post their losses because they want to show that they are the best. So typically they will post uh, their wins. What most people tend to do as well is they uh, they tend to post. They they will take about ten bets, and out of those ten, maybe two win. Yeah, and they post those two wins and they show the other eight. And hedging your bets sometimes that's how most people tend to do it. I think this is one of the things that I really yo know, I struggle with personally, and I know for years Bobbit yeah. was just in front of me, but I just couldn't I just couldn't get <laughs> into it, and um yeah. and I think this conversation has been great in really demystifying what sports betting is, how it works, and um mm. some of the wins that people can can make, and also some of the losses. So thank you so much for your time. Um, sure. My last question for you is to strip down one money term relating to sports betting for our audience. Something that a lot of people tend to confuse or don't understand well. Okay. So, yeah, I do have quite a nice term. So, the one question that a lot of people ask me all the time about sports betting, like um, my cousin, he, I think he's asked me this question probably 10 times. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know how to explain it to better than this, but everyone always asks, how do you guys make money? How does a sports betting book make money? Because people mm. are winning, people are winning, people are winning. So um, in, in sports betting, we have a term called uh, net gaming revenue. This is um, basically just our financial term for profits. And um, it measures um, a brand's net revenue minus all the payments to players, winnings and bonuses, and obviously tax deductions. So what that, that, what that means is that, uh, you know, you take a total amount of all the bets placed. So this is the actual physical money and cash that is placed. You, uh, you take all, and then you subtract the total number of um payments that are made so these are the winnings so from all the bets that have been placed you then minus all the winnings to players you also minus all the bonuses to players from then from that amount you minus all the bonuses that have been placed to players and then you minus taxes so there's also taxes involved um or all gambling institutions have to pay taxes to gambling for so if i just repeat again so you take all the amount of money that has been placed as bets once resulting is done, you minus all of the uh, winnings that have been paid to players. You minus all of the bonuses that are due to players. And then you minus all of the taxes. And the amounts that's left over there is typically our profit. You still have to obviously minus your other expenses, your uh, typical costs that a business would have. Mm-hmm. But um, in a nutshell, that's our, our net gaming revenue is seen as our profit. So I, I think that's NGR, as it's called, is one of the terms that I like to give uh, the audience. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Mpumelelo. You've been fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I um, just wanted to say that I am a big fan of the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to an episode of Stripped Money Conversations. Please share the love by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
and let me know what you thought of this show on social media just search strip money conversations on facebook twitter and instagram and if you have topic suggestions please slide into my dm and let's see if we can make it happen have a good day